You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And uh, this is a very special guest and a very special day. Uh, and uh, we we have our guest is... Colonel Rick White retired, and uh, I call Rick sort of at the last, well, pretty much at the last minute, but I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather have on than someone that has served or served. Uh, was it three tours, Rick? Well, two tours on the ground, and I was on my way back from my third tour about that time the war was over, so, uh, so uh, yeah, two, two solid tours for oh. sure, yes. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about Vietnam, and there's a reason we're going to be talking about Vietnam today. But first, any of our shows, our veteran-oriented shows, or our our first responder shows, we like to start out with a moment of silence and uh, think about our veterans and those folks that are on active duty right now and uh, those folks that come to our rescue all the time. And, uh, hey, David, uh, yes, David, you brought that up, because uh, we do pray for our uh, first responders and military and so forth. Those two policemen in Nashville that uh, went to the sound of the gun and uh, took out the person that had killed those three sweet little children and the three adults, the six people total, you know, uh, God was with them. And so uh, I, you and I are both the big believers in prayer and God's help. So, uh, you know, we, we can think about those two and uh, we, police officers. We can also think about the two Huntsville policemen that were murdered this morning. Oh, man, I didn't even hear about it. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, they went to a, uh, they were called to a domestic situation, and uh, the evidently, I assume it was the husband had killed his wife, and was waiting uh, waiting in ambush when the cops got there, and uh, you know our, our this is why we pray. So absolutely, we'll be back in just a moment. Amen. And we always like to make sure that uh, everybody's heart is beating. And uh, I know uh, Rick and I have talked about this in the past. And uh, his son Graham is uh, still getting up early, as is my son getting up early and putting in a little run. So we'll help him get going. Mama rolled over, this is what she said. Mama rolled over, this is what she said. 
And we all had those Judy, Jody's that we had to sing. As we were doing double time or uh, finishing that last quarter mile, those Jody's and uh, Cadence calls came in very handy to make it, help you get through that last quarter mile or whatever it happened to be, particularly at Fort Hood in Texas where there was so much sand you could make, you could personally make your own sandstorm. But anyway, we're glad to have you listening in. And uh, Rick, you want to explain right quick what's special about today? Uh, absolutely, David. Uh, today is a special day for all Vietnam veterans especially, but it should be for our whole country. It's a Vietnam Memorial Day. Uh, this was established uh, by President Trump uh, in 2017, and we're very grateful for him to establish this. The significance of today being the 29th day of March is the day that the last American uh, soldier, uh, military person, was left Vietnam uh, in 1974, uh, excuse me, 73. So 29 March, 1973. So today is actually 50 years to the day uh, that happened. Uh, we left there in confidence that uh, we trained the uh, South Vietnamese well, and there was a promise at that time that we would come to their aid if things got rough, and uh, things did get rough later, and the Congress of the party that was in charge at the time refused to help them out, and they and the country fell. So um, much like what happened in Afghanistan back a couple of years ago in August. So uh, it... Uh, Anyway, so the last American out on this day 50 years ago. My, how time flies. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm talking about time flying. My son uh, is a brigade commander, an infantry brigade commander, uh, and his brigade is actually training right now in the Philippines. And so they're doing a lot of jungle training. So he called me. He said, Dad, uh, no, you spent two years in the jungle. Could you talk to our, this is on the phone, uh, talk to some of my leaders about jungle fighting? I said, sure. So so we set a time and so forth to, to do that. Now, again, we had, he had some of his troops in Philippines, some in Hawaii, and I was here in the Atlanta area, Johns Creek, <clears throat> and uh, so the the night before that call, <clears throat> I spent about um, no more than 45 minutes or an hour just jotting down things, you know, jungle fighting, jungle living, jungle survival, and so forth. And, and uh, David, it came to back to me, and this is 50, I was there in 1967. This thing came back to me as clear as a bell. Hmm. Things that you never forget. And so that call, and there were hundreds listening on the phone around in those locations I just told you. And, uh, and so they were, I was, it, this was not telling war stories. That's not what I was talking about. This is how to, how to survive in the jungle and fight in the jungle. And all that came to back to me so clear as a bell. And uh, so you were saying how time flies. 
your memory hangs in there for those things that are, are important, seems like. So I, I was very grateful that I was able to share that. Hopefully that'll save some soldiers' lives someday if, if case ever needs to be that we have to fight in a, another jungle again. How, how did you address avoiding tripwires? Um, sometimes it's an impossibility. So, uh, But you've got to have a good point man, uh, a point man, point team, actually, so you got one guy, he uh, is focused totally on the next step, and then right behind him, very close to him, is a security guy. We call him Slack. So Slack is, uh, he's pulling up Slack. So he's right there for the security appointment, because the point man's got his head down. So he's, you know, he's up and, you know, up and down and back and forth, but he's lo- really looking down a lot for that tripwire. So the first casualty I ever had in Vietnam was based on, I was about third, yeah, I was about third man back. I was a platoon leader, 20-year-old lieutenant. And uh, we were going through, and not a trail, just out in the, uh, next to a trail, actually. And uh, the the point man tripped the um, boobies, tripped the wire, and a, a Chinese grenade went off and killed my medic, who was just at my arm's length about, you know, to my right. So um, that was the only time in two years that a that a uh, tripwire, booby trap, grenade, so forth, you know, got one of my soldiers. Uh, so nothing, nothing against that point man. I mean, it was that stuff was so well camouflaged, you just couldn't see anything. So um, it's just total observation and focused and so forth with that point team trying to pick up those wires and so forth mm. with our sight. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, when I hear these stories and I cringe at the thought that only 1% of our country raises their hand and volunteers to go into the military today. And it's just mind-boggling that, uh, you know, that there would be any talk of cutting back on veteran administrations. By the way, yeah, you said something that I want to uh, bring up too. Is we uh, we do a show as you may or may not know called a veterans place, and a veterans place is all about PTSD and that there is uh, there's no cure, but there is help for. Uh, person that has PTSD and can't sleep at night. And this show is hosted by he was a medic, Dr. Uh-huh. Don Moeller. And uh, Don is not only a dentist, but he's also an MD. And uh, he does a heck of a job and he has a, uh, a mouthpiece that uh, someone with PTSD that can't sleep at night, this is 98% effective. And the unfortunate thing is that the VA spends out of their $40 billion budget, they spend exactly $0 on oral research. And uh, they have, Don has written paper after paper after paper. It's all been checked out and uh, the VA has turned a deaf ear to Don for years, and yet he has helped at his expense. He doesn't charge anything, but he has, ex- he has helped hundreds and hundreds of veterans that 
have PTSD. And when you when you brought up the fact that you know when you were when Graham asked you that and and uh, it came back to you as clear as a bell, that's that's PTSD in its own way. It's a good PTSD. It's good. But still, that shows what your memory can do and your mind can do for you. And although you've put it out of your mind, that file is still there and you could reference it in a split second. Absolutely. Uh, I was at a veterans event recently, or maybe six months ago. And, you know, when Vietnam veterans meet each other normally they'll ask two questions one with you when were you there and who were you with so you know when were you there well i was there from x day in this year till blah 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 and what unit were you in? well i was with whatever and so forth so i asked this veteran um yeah i had a vietnam cap on i said uh, introduce myself I said, hey how you doing he said good all right i said when were you there you know what he said david no sir last night Oh, you know, yeah. When, when were you there last night? Yeah. Uh, oh. So you know, in his in his sleep and his dreams and his maybe nightmares, that's where he was last night. So uh, I, I I'm have a uh, have some disability from VA for PTS, but uh, mine is ex- due to uh, uh, hyper vigilance. And uh, excessive—they call it excessive startle syndrome. So loud noises, unexpectedly that I'm not—I don't know it's going to happen. Uh, I, I have a physical reaction to that, uh, to, to the point of getting nauseous, actually. So, uh, but I, I'll say this about the VA for what they did with me as far as counselors. I, I can't say enough good things about them. They were very, uh, very helpful. Uh, helped me out a lot. But let me say this to, about uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Don Moeller, uh, tell him to hang in there. I know, as an example, chiropractors could not get VA uh, certification for years and years, and finally they did. So it takes a long time to work through that bureaucracy, I understand. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I'm just saying that's the way it is. So if you can keep hanging in there, you know who who knows maybe sunlight will break uh, in for that uh, for that treatment. So I sure hope so. Oh yeah, and uh, you know so let's get back to today. And uh, one thing we want to point out is for those that are listening live, uh, there is a celebration going on at the wall, the healing wall in Johns Creek, which is a fifty percent replica of the Vietnam Veteran Wall in Washington, D.C. And Johns Creek, uh, their uh, Veterans Association bought the wall and gave it a permanent home. Yeah, this is the wall that toured all over the United States, giving people an, um, the opportunity to look and find their relatives or friends or whatever that that died in Vietnam and uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice and it's on it's it's in its permanent home now at Newtown Park in Johns Creek and uh, Mike Mazel Lieutenant Colonel retired Mike Mazel has 
been the director of that organization and has done an outstanding job. And uh, many people go there and just uh, the park is beautiful and you can walk around the park and walk around the wall and it's just uh, it's been quite a closure for a number of people. And uh, they're having an event today at noon, and I know uh, our guest, Colonel White's going to be there, as well as a number of other uh, Vietnam veterans. And uh, they'll have uh, an honor guard, uh, and I don't know what other things uh, Mike has planned, but I'm sure it's going to be good. And uh, can you fill us in on more, Rick? Sure can. Uh, yeah, so as you said, David, uh, today at 12 o'clock in uh, Johns Creek, Georgia, Newtown Park, at the Vietnam uh, Wall, which is called the Wall that Heals. Uh, so as, as you said, David, it is a half-sized replica of the, of the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. On that wall, there are 58,314 names. I think that's the right number. Of that, uh, most people assume they're all men. <clears throat> there are not all men. <clears throat> There's eight women on that wall, uh, seven Army nurses and one Air Force nurse uh, that were killed in Vietnam. And I always bring this out uh, that, uh, you know, those nurses stood by their, stayed by their patients in the, those field hospitals as they were getting mortared so that the soldier that they couldn't move if it's in the bed uh, would not die alone. So it's uh, those are this one little story of 58,000-plus stories uh, that are on that wall. It's a very moving experience. Um, people go and visit it at all times of day and night, literally. I mean, you might go out there at 2 o'clock in the morning, there may be somebody out there uh, touching a name or kneeling or praying or whatever. But it's a very moving experience. Um, and and I, I know your radio listening audience goes uh, nationwide, if not worldwide. But uh, we have a lot of visitors coming to that wall from all over the country. Um, it's a beautiful park. Uh, it's a very beautiful setting. And so we have people that, as they're driving through Georgia, they make a special uh, stop in Johns Creek at the New, Newtown Park, Vietnam Memorial Walk, and we have ten monuments: uh, World War One, Two, Three, <laughs> World War One, Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Af- uh, Gulf War, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, uh, women in the military, POW, MIA, and Purple Heart. And so, those are the monuments. And people um, seem to. In fact, I was just out there two days ago with some visitors from North Carolina, and there's always people in the park. There's always people visiting the wall. So today at 12 o'clock, co-sponsored by the Johns Creek Veterans Association and the Atlanta Vietnam Veterans Business Association co-sponsored, there is a a ceremony. And there'll be, as you said, um, David, there'll be a color guard posting colors, Pledge of Allegiance, um, national, singing the national anthem, uh, some uh, special comments and so forth, but we anticipate a large gathering of especially Vietnam veterans, but just others. Um, so it's, it'll be a, every time I've had anything to do with it, it's a very moving experience and uh, one, one you 
you don't forget. And I'm just very uh, happy and pleased and proud that uh, Johns Creek, uh, the city of Johns Creek, this area picked this idea up to establish that wall there. And uh, so, again, anybody uh, close by or far away as you come through this part of Georgia, let's make a special effort to stop and visit the wall uh, in Johns Creek. And, uh, you know, we're, we're so blessed in this area to have, have the wall. And then there are other, uh, uh, Peachtree Corners has a memorial, Absolutely. you know, and, uh, has a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, Veterans Park too, yeah. And, uh, then we're, we're also very blessed to have Colonel Rick White retired that is the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And, uh, sir, you have done an, I hate to say admirable, but it is an admirable job. And uh, I don't want to mix mix uh, military groups here by saying admirable. But it, uh, no, you've done a fantastic job with it and bringing attention to all of the Georgians that have served in all of the conflicts, I guess, from the very first, the revolution, to uh, on up and down the gambit. And, uh, you know, this is the reason that we do the shows that we do. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg does a, a fantastic job of remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. I'm just, I'm appalled at the fact that so many people, and it's only been 30 years, that so many people have forgotten what Desert Shield and Desert Storm, what it was all about. And we can't let anything happen to our memories of our veterans and uh, the ones that have served in, gosh, Every capacity imaginable, and um, that's why yeah. I, I I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather have on than than uh, Colonel White today. Um, what? Go ahead. Uh, what? What are other Vietnam veterans? Are, are I, I know that coming back from Nam. They, our veterans were not exactly welcomed as they should have been, and it's taken a long time to get over that. And I think there we have regained or hopefully gained the respect for our Vietnam veterans that they, you know, deserve. And I guess, I guess what really upset me during. The return of the of our combat troops from Vietnam, and and this is because of the stupidity of the public that doesn't know how it works. They were yelling things and throwing things at our the the brave of the bravest coming back from Vietnam, and the civilian that's never served doesn't realize it's not that individual he doesn't he or she 
is there serving and following orders. It's not the individual that's doing it. It's and you know, yeah. Pardon me. Go ahead. Are called useful idiots, and those people that were doing all that, uh, you know, they were just totally useful idiots for our, like, providing aid and comfort to the kind of uh, movement in the world. And you know, I've run into some of these folks that did those kind of silly, I mean, horrible things for up to the veterans as they came back. And I've run into them, you know, 30 years later. Uh, many of them are remorseful uh, for what they did. Uh, and others are still useful idiots, in my opinion, because they're giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Uh, this enemy hasn't gone away. This enemy, uh, you know, the whole thing of uh, infiltrating our schools, our churches, our the way of life, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that was the whole plan, still is the plan. It's being worked out today. You see it every day. And so, um, um, it's all about divide and conquer, you know, so it, it's, and so, uh, we need to be conscious of it, focus, just fight against it, um, pray a lot. Uh, you know, I always think about you and I grew up in a time where we, every day we had prayer in school, Lord's Prayer, whatever, a Pledge of Allegiance and so forth. And, uh, well, we, we took all that out of school and, you know, God's a gentleman and God does not go where he's not wanted to be. And so, uh, but the vacuum that is filled by something that is not God. And, uh, so we see that as recent as two days ago in Nashville, you know, so um, I heard one uh, commentator say, uh, I, I guess they just didn't pray enough, you know, he was being very sarcastic about the Christian school. If they didn't pray enough, you know, that happened. You're correct, they didn't pray enough. The whole nation does not pray enough. They took the prayer out of school, and evil filled the gap. So uh, I, I know... We're kind of off on a tangent here, about no, you're you're absolutely right, and you know, you know whether those people were guys like me come back to Vietnam, you know, grew up one day and got older. Some of them went a different, better path, and others uh, are in Congress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, we have got to be vigilant. We got to be watchful. We got to be prayerful, and. Um, you mentioned that I'm with the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and I am asked to speak all over the state many times. And when I and I'm a retired Army officer, 31 years in the Army, and uh, when I'm asked to speak, I said, "Okay, listen, here's the deal: you're going to hear Scripture. I'm going to quote things from the Old Testament, and New Testament. And I'm going to talk about God. If you're not comfortable with that, you got to find somebody else because uh, you know I'm, that's the way it's going to be. Because God got." Trust in God got me through a lot, you know, uh, life and death situations. Uh, by the way, I've never been turned down. So even as late as last Friday, I was at high school and uh, talked about some of those things about, you know, putting your putting your trust in something that's more than yourself. And, uh, 
And and so again, I've never been turned down, and uh, you know I'm sure that drives Satan nuts. But uh, I want to keep doing what I do. That's what I believe in. That's what's got me through Vietnam and two years in combat. Uh, you, you, uh, that's if if you're offended by that, um, well, that's your problem. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, I, you know. You know, sure one day there is life after death. In the, you know, there's two dates certain in our lives, David. There's two dates certain: the day we're born there's, and the day we die. Exactly, and there's a dash in between. You know, birthday, death day, with a dash in between. What you do during that dash time determines where you end up after that last date that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. What you do in the on the dash time determines what will happen to you after that other date, that death date. And so, uh, you know, people can say, oh, there's another religious nut. No, it's not a religious nut. This is throughout history of mankind, the history of the world. And uh, that's uh, it's not philosophy. It's not what I believe. It's just what truth is. So it's, it's important that people, and many people won't address life after death. They don't, they, what's going to happen to you when you die? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, well, you, you need to think about that because eternity has no end date, you know. So, I want to give kudos to our host, uh, Victor Armendariz, that uh, does On Point with Victor and also fills in for Eric Erickson on WSB when Eric takes off for a day. Mm-hmm. But Victor, unbeknownst to me, uh, you know, I know he's, all I know is that he is a Christian, but he also came out and, uh, explained his feelings and his philosophies the other day on his show. And I, yeah. I welcome any of our hosts to do that on their shows on America's Web Radio. We, uh, we believe there's, one God that covers all religions, and uh, you know it's. Uh, uh, <laughs> I believe one of someone you know well, Paul, that uh, uh, not only was he was a medic in uh, Vietnam, but came back and became a chaplain, and also helped start the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's only um, a sermon, um, and I never really, you know, well, I had thought of the pastor emphasized this. He said, you know, God does not want anyone to go to hell, but we're going to end up in one of two places. But God doesn't want us to be in hell. He wants heaven, and he's provided a that and uh, the, the way to do when we hang over to Christ he takes all those that sin that we have and he bore the pain on the cross um, it's you know it, salvation is so simple that it's for a human to even comprehend that that the word grace is what it is. Um, I was asked one time, I was overseas in Bosnia, and I was asked to do a um, 
class for adults and children on English as a second language. I said, well, I'm not an English teacher. And they said, well, that's okay, but you can speak English. And so what I did, I, uh, I said, okay, what we're going to do to learn English things, we're going to learn a Bible verse language, the Bosnian language, and we're going to learn that same verse in English before we leave today. So this is what we did every Saturday morning. And so the very first one was John three sixteen, for God to love the world that whoever whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that really falls on the word grace, G R A C E. What is grace? And in the audience there were a lot of uh, and this was right after the war in Bosnia. We were meeting in a bombed out that's not the reason I was there. I was there on with, with duty, but this was after duty. And so um so I was there in a bombed out building uh, when the place was packed uh, with uh, teenagers, with children, with moms, dads, and a lot of the moms were having holding babies in their arms. And I, it just came to me, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me a way to say this, to explain grace, G-R-A-C, what is grace, God's grace. And so those ladies sitting there with holding babies in their arms, I said, let me explain what grace is. A baby is born and has earned nothing. He has, that baby has not earned the mother's milk. He has not earned the mother changing his little stinky diapers. He, has, he That little baby has not earned the mother's love. He's just, he's just there. But the mother's grace provides that baby's nutrition through her milk. That mother's grace provides that getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to change the diaper of this little crying baby. That mother's grace, he or she, the little baby, has not earned any of that, but through the mother's love and her grace provides that. And so that's what God does for us. We haven't earned what God gives us, but God's grace gives it to us if we only ask. And so uh, I just, I always think of a, a sweet mother taking care of a baby when I think of God taking care of us. You know, uh, that's a, a beautiful analogy, and uh, I will remember it. And, you know, it's, this is why, as we, we started out talking about things, uh, uh, the failure of our country right now, and it is failing, and it goes back to when they, when that, idiot lady and I can't remember North Carolina or South Carolina was able to get prayer taken out of schools well we lost prayer we lost the flag and then we lost discipline and Mm -hmm. now we got what we got because of that and uh, you know kids don't necessarily get everything they need to know at home and the schools for many, many, many years fill that gap. And unfortunately today, uh, the public schools aren't filling that gap or we wouldn't have the problems that we have. And, well, like uh, I said earlier, you know, I said, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So when we had schools that were had, uh, we talk uh, ethics and uh, prayer in school and, and those kind of 
things, uh, when that was taken away, there's a gap, there's a vacuum, and evil filled it. And we see that, we see that in these shootings, we see that in these, uh, promoting, uh, so many of the godless sinful things, uh, pushing it on our children. And so that, that void was filled when, when they, uh, asked God to leave, uh, Satan filled it. And we're living with it right now. And we will for a while until. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anyway, but you know, throughout history, we've had these, uh, civilizations that uh, rose and fought, fell, and, um, you know, uh, the, the worst times brings out the best of people. So I'm, I'm the ever optimist, David, and you and I talked about that. I always look for what's the, the bright side, and so maybe these things will bring us to, uh, you know, back closer to where we need to be, you know? So, well, listen, my friend, I've got to, as I promised to you, I've got to get over to the, uh, the wall, uh, get ready for this ceremony, so, uh, it's been always good talking to you, and, and I hope some of the things we've said today will resonate with people in the listening audience and, um, and, 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 and help their day, help their life. And, uh, thank you, sir. And they and will. Not, and uh, thank you for joining me on Vietnam Memorial Day. And, uh, right. you know, it was, a, it was a tough time back then, and we lived through it. And... We'll live through what's going on today. David, one last thing. You know, I've yes, said when I'm asked to talk, I, I tell people, I said, look, you're going to hear some Bible verses. So I want to do that right now. And I have claimed two Bible verses. You've heard me say this before, David, in presentations. I've claimed two Bible verses that are what I describe for veterans. One verse comes from the Old Testament. One comes from the New Testament. In the Old Testament... We know that uh, there's there's a verse asks two questions, and there's one, and we find in Isaiah six eight two questions: Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And the answer is, Here am I. Send me. And I always say, every time that young man or woman stands before that uh, officer as they're being sworn into the United States military. When they raise that right hand, they're basically saying, Isaiah 6, 8, here am I, send me. And once they say that, here am I, send me, they take that oath, that sacred oath, to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And in that, uh, John fifteen thirteen, which we're, most people are familiar with, greater love had no one than this to lay down their lives for their friend. So they're saying, here am I, send me, and I'm ready to lay down my life for my friends. Who are their friends? people they don't know across our nation and people in other countries that desire the freedoms that we have in, we enjoy and take for granted but other countries would like to have and so even in Vietnam uh, we were laying down our lives for our friends who wanted freedom and not communism so I have claimed those two verses uh, for veterans and military people uh, you know that here am I send me and greater love hath no man than to lay down their life for their friends. So uh, that, I want to leave everyone with that and thank our veterans and thank our military for for the freedoms that we enjoy each day and too often take, take for granted. 
Thank you, David. Rick, thank you, and thank you for your service to your country. And uh, thank you for being on this morning. And we're going to have you back on talking about the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. So uh, be sure to tell my friends at the wall hello and uh, wish I could be there today. But God bless. Have a thank great you, day. Sir. Thank you, sir. You too. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.